uh, Brad Marshall. I'm going to introduce Brad. He is with the Marshall Group, husband of Danae, father of Morgan, Maggie, and Marley. Brad is also an elder here at uh, Cleveland Bible Church. So welcome, Brad. Well, that's it? Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, Benet Sifford over here on the end, math teacher in Blum, Texas. They know a lot of math down in Blum? We do. All right. Yeah, we do. Uh, she is the mother of Selah and Bauer, and I jokingly said mother of Logan sometimes. Logan, you're out there. He, she's, she's actually the wife of Logan, uh, y'all. Sorry, Logan. Uh, Allison Taylor, certified elementary school teacher and the wife of Daniel, who's doing something back there in that booth, and we're appreciative for all the things that he does. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a seat with you guys um, here today. We're going to talk about the power of plurality. You know, God said in Genesis 2.18 that it is not good. After making Adam, he said it's not good for man to be alone. How many of you men are thankful for that? Amen? Yep, not good for us to be alone. And Hebrews 10.24 says that we are not to stop meeting together, but we must come together to provoke one another to love and good deeds. And there are, I think, a hundred New Testament one another's emphasizing the importance of needing um, each other in community. A few months back, I studied, uh, uh, read several different articles on something called proxemics. It's the study of people and how they interact in space, whether it's physical space or social space. And it, the article said that there are four spaces in which people interact. There is public space. That would be like going to a football game. You can sit down next to somebody that you don't even know, and you can talk about the ref's bad call and, and um, uh, who, uh, who, who missed their block and all that sort of thing, and you're strangers. And you can have a very surface level of communication. The second level is social space where people can interact, but they don't really have the expectation necessarily of going any deeper, like at a birthday party. Um, you can catch up on old times, talk about what you did the night before, um, but you don't have to interact really any deeper than that. But there's a third level of space that's called personal space. This is what most people think of as community, and it is. It's where you begin to, to uh, share private details, not necessarily intimate, but private details about your lives. And that's where we certainly want our community groups to be day in and day out, fellowship, wherever it might be. Um, we want to get to that level where we can share our, our, our life with one another. But there is a fourth level that occasionally we enter into that's referred to as intimate space. And that is where you share the raw details of your life. Now that doesn't happen every time you get together in community, but by the power of the Holy Spirit and through transparency, God is able sometimes in the midst of a group to perform surgery on our hearts, surgery that we need. And I think you're going to hear a lot of personal and even some of that, that intimate uh, space uh, shared with you today here on, on, this, uh, on this stage. Um, as many of you know, we are launching some new groups. I think we're launching six with a possible seventh coming uh, quickly. That puts us, I think, over 25 groups now um, here at our church. Now, if you think eight to 12 people in a group, um, you multiply that by 25, that's more folks probably than we have in this room now. So we've got a lot of people walking in community together. And so we hope to encourage you in that, um, give you some expectation about what that is and can be, and maybe, maybe bring somebody along who hasn't considered being in community. So if you're in Mark chapter 2, um, let's read the first two verses together, and then I'm going to ask our, 
our folks on stage with me to share a couple of thoughts. Beginning in verse 1, speaking of Jesus, and again, he entered Capernaum for some days, and it was heard that he was in the house, probably talking about Peter's house here, and immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. He preached the word to them. So part of, one of the main elements of any community group is sharing the word with one another, hearing the word, encouraging one another with the word, fellowshipping together in God's word. So I want to ask you, where uh, have you studied in your small groups recently, or where are you going in your small group? Allison, I'll pick on you first. Okay, we are right now in Acts chapter 9. We started studying through the book of Acts a while back and took a break and did a marriage study, and now we're back in Acts. How was the marriage study? It was really good. It was good. Yeah. What do you think, Daniel? Was it good? <laughs> All right. Daniel said it was good. They're in agreement. How about you, Benet? Uh, our group just finished telling our stories as a couple. Um, we spent several Sundays doing that, so really diving in and telling where we've been and our, like you said, like being very transparent and, and, and sharing things that we've been successful and unsuccessful in. So we just did that, and then we're going to start Romans 8. Okay, going to go through the book of Romans. So sharing that story, that's not just a nice meet and greet. I mean, that's, that's getting down to the nitty-gritty of what's going on in your life. Brad. Yeah, we, um, we actually had joined a small group this just after re-engage ended. We um, had the, the opportunity to lead a small group through re-engage, and, um, and with that, we were able to stay with them. So right this, this semester, re-engage is going to be on another night, so... Um, we're able to get um, to be involved in them. So right now, we, I mean, this summer, we've basically just been kind of going through um, the, the sermons that uh, Dean, Dave, and Kevin have been preaching on and, and really just kind of how it's affecting our families and the, and the world that we currently live in. Okay, so you've got three daughters, and so I'm certain that some of the things that we've been discussing from the, from the platform, which haven't been easy, I know that impacts um, a family with three, three daughters. Oh yeah, yeah, and that's what. And, and one one of the things is is that we we try to um, bring that back to our home as well. And so right now I've got one that's in college, and and then one that's at home. One's married, but um, so she she gets to talk to her husband. So, um, but the other two get to talk to us. And um, so it's yeah, it's a great opportunity for us to 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 discuss that and to kind of you know get get a game plan on how to live life. So out of our small groups, there are a lot of different ways that they're sharing the word with one another. Some are going through the, uh, discussing the messages um, each Sunday. Others are going through a specific book in the Bible. At times, they take a break and they do uh, life stories um, and share those. So a lot of different ways that you're able to encourage one another um, in the word and even challenge one another in the word. You know, it's one thing to sit in a class and hear lessons taught or to come on Sundays and hear a sermon preached. But community is where you really begin to apply God's Word. And we've really fallen short if we're not walking together, walking out Scripture with one another. And so application is so important. All right, let's look at verse 3 and 4 as we move a little deeper into this passage. So it says, Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and so when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. 
so much of a crowd, so many people, that they had to break through the roof. Can you imagine right now what would happen if uh, somebody literally started carving through the roof here in order to let somebody down? That probably would be a bit of a distraction. It would catch our attention. And this man was paralytic. The word there in Greek means that he was unable to walk, probably. Very possibly, he wasn't able to even feel at all. This may have been extreme uh, paralysis. He may have been bedridden. And these four men physically carry him probably up the stairs outside the house, which was and still is common in Israel, and they let him down through the roof, bearing not only his physical burden, but really his emotional burdens too, his mental burdens, along with the situation in which he was dealing. And, and as we're going to see in the passage, they were actually helping him also with his spiritual burdens. So bearing burdens is an important part of community. Galatians 6.2 tells us, Bear one another's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing each other's burdens. So, Benet, I've asked you, if you would, to really share with us how community has helped bear your burdens. Yeah, I would. Um, I'm going to share three things that have really impacted my life. Um, backstory. I've always been a part of a small group. Um, my parents were a part of a small group. I was you know, in one in college and as a young professional. So when the opportunity presented itself for my husband Logan and I to join one, it was a no-brainer. Like, that's what you do. Logan, on the other hand, was very reluctant and didn't want any part of it because that's not him. That's not what he does. Um, I got him to come, though. Uh, the Our small group leaders are Tom and Lee Worthley. And the first time we went, we were the first ones there, and Logan literally said, do not get out of the car. We're not going in yet because we're going to have to talk to these people. So um, it ended up being great. And in fact, Tara and Tully Jansen are part of our group. And Tully shared a very relatable story with us that evening. And um, it immediately grabbed Logan's attention. And as we were walking out, he looked at me and said, okay, I can do this. So right there, you know, God was grabbing a hold of him, um, which was you know, amazing to witness. Fast forward a little bit, and I, I don't really recall when this conversation happened. Um, Brittany and Josue Villasana are part of our group, and one night we were sitting there at small group talking about the birth stories of our first children, and Brittany and I discovered that we had both been diagnosed with a rare form of preeclampsia called HELP syndrome um, during our first pregnancies, and HELP syndrome is very detrimental to the mom and to the baby. And we both survived, and both of our babies did, but we had endured a really traumatic event and a NICU journey. So to be able to talk to somebody that we know that has been through that was huge because um, it had heavily impacted Logan and I. And then fast forward a little bit, um, Brittany and I were pregnant at the same time uh, with them, their daughter, and us, our son. And we were able to lean upon each other and, and go through this high-risk pregnancy um, and, and pray over each other and really help each other out. Little did we know both of our babies would be in the NICU again. So we were able to communicate a lot. Our group was able to communicate a, a lot. And right there, that just showed us that God had placed them in our group for a reason. Um, our group was there to support us with meals and prayers, and, and that, was, that was huge. Then uh, 2020 came along, which was a very interesting year for all of us. 
Um, my husband had become an absent father and an absent husband and a heavy drinker. And an event had happened in July of 2020 that just smacked us in the face. And the night it happened, I was completely lost, scared, didn't know what to do. And I could remember Dave standing on this stage talking about how um, a couple had had something happen in their marriage. And they reached out to their small group that night. And their small group was there. So I immediately picked up my phone and text the ladies that we were all on a group text together and um, just asked for help. And seconds later, Tara Jansen texts me back. And we knew we were okay. It's all right. So our small group was there um, walking along with us. And I didn't get emotional first service. This group. It's this group, and my husband's out there. (laughs) But as I mentioned to you, like, our small group was there through this journey and have witnessed the change in my husband, witnessed the change in our marriage. And our small group has stood on the mountaintops with us and celebrated all the good and then also just held our hand as we've walked through the valleys. So they've definitely helped us carry our burdens. What about Logan today? Completely different man. He gave his testimony to the men a while back, and I'm so appreciative, Logan. Thank you for. We see women be transparent more than we see men, guys. I just, I don't, we shouldn't be, but thank you for your transparency, for what you shared. It touched my life, and I know it touched many of the men's lives. So I encourage you to grab Logan and hear more about that. Thank you, Benet. Tears are um, welcomed because that shows that we are investing ourselves in um, in this. We believe in the power of community, and that's why we've taken a day to set aside to talk about it. So there is power in bearing one another's bearing one another's burdens, not burying, but bearing one another's burdens. So go with me to verse five now. Um, Verse 5 says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven you. So not only do we bear burdens when we find community, but, and this sometimes is uncomfortable, but sin struggles are addressed in authentic community. Listen, we really don't want community groups to only be in those first two areas of space that I talked to you about where maybe we're just bowling clubs or going to football games together. Nothing wrong with bowling, nothing wrong with football games. But we really want to get down to the place where we're able to be transparent and open with one another, even in in dealing with sin struggles. Forgiveness was available to this man because he placed his faith in Christ. And Jesus saw in that moment the underlying root of all sickness. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that there is a corresponding sin to a corresponding sickness. I'm simply saying that sin, when sin entered into the world, sickness entered into the world. And because of that, the wages of sin is death. And while we experience death in a lot of ways here uh, in life, ultimately death is separation from God. So power, the power of forgiveness was experienced by this man. We're going to see what happens to him in a moment. But that, that power of forgiveness that is lived out as a believer is experienced in the one another's more deeply and in community 
James 5.16 very plainly says, Confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Confessing faults, admitting our sin, walking together through sin struggles is powerful. So I've asked Allison um, to answer this question. When has community helped you with a sin struggle? So a bit of a backstory um, for me. I've been a lifelong planner. I've known since I was a little girl at what age I would do things like what age. I was going to get married right after college. I was going to um, teach for five years and then stay home and have babies, and everything was going to be absolutely perfect, none of which has happened. Um, and you'd think after all this time um, I would have learned to try not to control my life so much, but that's that's definitely been something I've struggled with my whole life. Trying I, to I have no problem with that. You can ask my wife. Um, I don't plan or struggle at all I know. with that. Um, just you. Just me. Just yeah. me. Um, and just, just the sin of trying to be perfect, trying to control everything, and, and in that, holding so tightly to my plans um, that there's no room for God to work. Um, and so planning isn't the sin, but but not trusting God with his plan and, and not letting him control my life is, is what I've been struggling with and have been for a long time. So 2021 was um, has been quite the eventful year for my husband and me. Um, early in January, we started talking about starting a family and, and making that plan. Um, and in February, we found out we were pregnant and we were super excited and it was going to be absolutely perfect because it was going to be a fall baby. So I'd finish out the year teaching and then I just wouldn't go back because I would stay home and um, everything was going to be absolutely perfect. Um, but that didn't happen. So a few weeks after we had found out that we were pregnant, um, I started having some problems, and um, we lost the baby at seven weeks to a miscarriage. Um, and that was absolutely devastating. Um, our plans completely shattered. Um, lots, of, lots of questions. Uh, why me? Why us? How could you do this to us? Um, why now? It was going to be perfect. Just lots of whys, um, lots of tears, um, and lots of anger. It turned into into anger. Um, and so actually the night that we ended up being in the emergency room, um, was the night that we were going to go or that we were going to have small group. And so we canceled, um, like last minute on them. Um, and, and the text that we received, uh, checking on us, are you okay? Is everything okay? What can we do? Do you need anything? was very encouraging. Um, and obviously we were in shock, didn't know really what to believe at that point in time. Um, didn't know what to think. Uh, and so after sharing with our family, like our immediate family um, that weekend, um, the, the next people that we shared with about the miscarriage was our small group. Um, and the way that God has orchestrated our stories and, and orchestrated our group even, um, another couple in our group had, had struggled with a miscarriage um, previously. And so they were able to be there for us and, and help us through that. And um, just being able to be honest um, with my sin of trying to control my life and trying to be perfect. But also, I was angry, very angry with God. Um, like, I couldn't, I couldn't sing worship songs. I couldn't, I couldn't read scripture. I couldn't pray. Like, there was no, I just, I was, I was angry. Um, and so, being able to share that with our group and, and being able to be open and honest, but also hear them say, like, it's okay to 
to be angry, um, and she just can't stay there. That's something that Kevin had said earlier. Um, and, and that's what they shared with us. Um, knowing that they were that they were praying for us, they were encouraging us, they were um, checking on us, and not just the, like, how are you? I'm fine. Just, like, how are you really? And, and being able to, because we'd already had that depth of relationship, being able to really share with them how we were and if we were struggling. Um, and so... Since then, um, I really truly believe that our healing process has been aided with the help of our small group, knowing that they are praying for us and that they are there for us. Um, And small group is fun. Like, you get to eat together and hang out and do life with each other. But more than just being fun, um, like, you're reading scripture together. You're praying together. You're holding each other accountable and... And knowing that somebody's there has got your back, that you can call at 3 o'clock in the morning or um, things like that. Like, it's it's an amazing thing. And, and without it, I truly don't know where we would be. So I'm really, really grateful for the community that we found in small group. And I asked you first service, are you still mad at God? I'm healing. She's healing. She's healing. I mean, let's be honest. Who hasn't gotten angry? Not understanding God. Why this? Why, why, why me? Why now? We all have. And... Uh, you can end up in some bad places with that, but if you have others around you praying for you, strengthening you, there to encourage you, and as we're about to see, even to hold you accountable, um, transformation can take place, and she can be in that process of healing. So thank you so much, Allison, for sharing that. Let's, let's look at verse 6, if you would now. Um, let's read, read through the verse 12. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, Arise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw anything like this before. We never saw anything like this. So Jesus perceived the struggle that some were having there in that house. You see, some had come as skeptics. Some had come to bring charges against Jesus. There were Jewish leaders who didn't like the fact that Jesus was upsetting their status quo. They wanted him to leave them alone. Don't bother me. I'm fine the way I am. Um, And so they were challenged by Christ. They were challenged to believe, challenged to accept him uh, as the Son of God. And so I've asked uh, Brad, if you would, Brad, share a time maybe when community has come alongside you and maybe in some ways admonished or corrected or challenged you um, in your life. Brad? Yeah, um, th- yeah thank you. I think um, Allison and Benet both had real clear thoughts, and mine's going to be more like uh, a Labrador, so it's, uh, it's going to be kind of scattered, so <laughs> forgive me. Um, it's good. <clears throat> anyway, um, the, the first, the first go-around, it was a little easier because I didn't really know what to expect, and now that I do, it, it's going to be scattered. Um, <laughs> So, uh, kind of going back, kind of set the stage a little bit. We, um, when we came here to CBC, um, we were at the old church, and um, we were in, involved in a small group there. Um, 
kind of the older of the of the group, but we man, it was a great great time. We were able to um, that, that for us it was a t- we we were able to um, understand who we were, kind of learning who we were. Um, we'd come from a larger church in Lubbock, uh, not real intimate. Um, so um, we had lost, um, we, had, we had a little girl that passed away um, before we came here. And so it was a big part of our hurt and who we were and um, kind of going forward. And so when we came here, it, it, was, it was nice to get involved in, in, in the small group and, be, and that be a part of our story. But there, are, there were other things that were part of our story and, and that, that really wasn't laid out. And there was some hurt. We were just from a couple dealing with some hurts. And um, and some wounds, they were still open wounds, not really scabbing and, uh, and healing. And, and when you fast forward, we kind of went through a, a kind of a season where a few years we were just kind of cruising, you know. And and, um, and then I went through some personal stuff, some business stuff that, that um, I was meeting with David on. And, and, um, and it just all came back to me. It was like, I mean, it was, it was like a big sinus pressure headache that hit. And it was like. Uh, and so immediately um, we started working through that. Me, Dave, and I mean, I was expressing to Dave, and he, I mean, knew the story, and um, but not this part of it. And you know, China, and yeah, it's it's hard to feel like you're hiding something and trying to work through something at the same time. So it just doesn't work. God just doesn't allow that. I mean, He lets you kind of uh, flounder and and kind of float around the way you want to float. And so and I'm grateful for, for, at that time, we were about to start re-engage. I was not aware of re-engage, didn't know what it was. And um, Dave asked if we wanted just to be a part of it. And so I just immediately agreed, didn't even ask Danae. I told her, I came home, I told her we were going to do it. She was like, what? And so anyway, so we, we did it. And I tell you what, the first night, we, um, Renee, Steve and Renee Steele were our leaders. And um, we had a great group. And... Um, Man, that first night, it was like, and (laughs) once we were able just to express um, just hurt that was there, that needed to, it it just needed to be stated among other other people, other believers, other um, followers that were hurting too. They had their own hurt. And, and through that whole process of that 16-week re-engage, um, man, we just we learned so much about who we were. And for me, I'm big on expectations. I'm, I'm big on um, I have a, a huge fear of failure. And so when you tie all those together, it's, it's um, you know, there's not a big window um, to have any type of um, excitement, enjoyment of, of failure. I mean, it just there's a lot of hurt. So I've had to work through a lot of that personally. Um, but I, uh, I'm trying to think what, where I was leading with that. There's the Labrador part. I was going pretty good. It's um, <laughs> all right. Um, but today, as as we step forward, I mean, I, I think today we sh- we still lead in in reengage, and um, it's a big part of um, who we are in our ministry, in our marriage, and uh, we I mean we got three beautiful girls, and um, it's uh, and we continue to teach them, and we try to express the hurts that we have in our marriage. I mean, we've got one, our oldest is married, and, um, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that you have to, that, that your kids have to go through, but then there's a lot of stuff that, you know, you can kind of guide them and show them without them having to have the same hurts that you had. So, 
So community then really challenged you in your marriage to go to a, another level, not to just keep the cruise control on. And even, even iron sharpens iron. You know, that's friction. It's not, that's heat challenging you with some of the, your own fears and struggles that you had. So you agree then that you wouldn't be today where you are if it wasn't for um, that community surrounding you. Right? Amen. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it takes a lot to stand up here and say the things that they have, have said today. Um, in fact, there may be somebody thinking, my gosh, I would never do that. Um, well, uh, I'll have more to say about that, I guess, in just a moment. But I'm thankful and grateful for um, them coming and sharing their hearts. I, I have a couple more questions for them. So first, real quick, could I get you to share some funny story about your small group? Just something uh, maybe that uh, you might get in trouble for or not? I don't know. Uh, Allison, uh, what do you got? <laughs> so um, because you get to know the people in your group so well, um, you learn their different isms, so like the different things that they say. Uh-oh. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so some things, um, like when we're reading through Scripture, like um, – like right now we're in Acts, and so like Paul will say something, and like he'll be dropping bombs. Oh. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Um, and I mean, I mean, I say really funny things that like other people in our group make fun of, um, but I won't share those. They can. Um, but like some dropping bombs and some. Oh, I can't even think of some other ones. But also, we wear different shoes to different people's houses, oh, depending that's on. That's strange. Yes, because one of the guys always wears house shoes, and so if you go to his house, you have to wear house shoes too. We okay. know each other really well. Austin's in your group, right? Oh yeah. So is he one of the isms? Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, he's the one doing a lot of the isms. All right, Benet, what you got? <laughs> so our group is really competitive, as in there's been talks of – forming a flag football team and competing against the other small groups. Huh. Yes, we are for it. Okay, it's on. It's on. <laughs> oh, she's um, the challenge. <laughs> game, like, we'll do game nights sometimes, and it's, it's intense in a different way. So. Very competitive. You said something about uh, oh, bike riding. Yes, there. so if you ever want a great story of how guys still think that they're 18 when they're not, you need to ask Tom. There was a bike riding incident. That's all I'm going to say. You can ask Tom. Said, said something about injuries. There were lots of injuries lots. through that. Okay. Brad, what's... Uh, yeah, you know, I set that up that we were the oldest in our, our group and our, uh, our first uh, um, small group that we were in. And I always had the... Um, my, my wife, this is... Benet reminded me of this in between. And we I always have... Uh, you know, dress socks on, or I, I wear a lot of dress socks, and so when I'd get home, I'd just keep my dress socks on, and I'd put on some flip-flops or some tennis shoes, and so we went to a small group, and, and I had my jeans on, had had my, my dress socks on, but I had my my uh, tennis shoes on, and so s well, I guess we were just sitting there in the middle of something, and, and one of the guys calls me out and goes, what's up with the dress socks? <laughs> and mm. I'm like, yeah, that's an age thing, I guess. So. Yeah, maybe. I've, yeah, I've got dress socks. See, I didn't now, remember okay that. Yeah, I didn't want to. I didn't want to remember that one because that was about me. Yeah. So a lot of funny stuff happens in uh, community and small groups together. Um, so on a more serious note, you know, what about the person maybe who's on the fence about opening up 
to, to somebody in their small group or even being a part of a small group. I just wonder, what would each of you say to people in the, in the congregation here about why they need to be a part of community? And, and if they're nervous about it or questioning it, what would you say to them? Um, Allison, what would you say? Um, I would say, like, don't stay there. Like, reach out for it. Um, going along with the, the verses of Scripture that we're reading, sometimes, like, you are the paralyzed man. Like, you cannot make it to Jesus on your own because of, of something that's happened. Um, and sometimes you are the paralyzed man's friends, and you are helping somebody else get there. And so there has to be two. And so you need it. Like, your life will be better for it. So you're, you're happy. You're, you wouldn't change it. You're glad you're in community. Benay. You know, for us, it was, um, our, our lives were good. Our lives were great. And we built that support and, and that community with our people. And then life smacked us. And they were there when things unexpectedly happen. So you never know when something is going to smack you in the face. And, and that's why, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world because when everything was going good, you had those people there for you already on that level to walk you through. Hmm. Brad, what would you say? Yeah, you know, kind of ditto on what, what they're talking about. I mean, as far as a small group, I mean, I think it's, it's the one thing that when you step into it, I mean, you're living life with the other couples. And so when they're hurting, you're, you're there for them. But you're, you're learning from them. I mean, you're, um, they're, they're sharpening you, and you're sharpening them. And I think that's an important um, aspect to just be, to be able to, to live life the way God wants us to do it. We, have to, we, we learn from others, and he provides people for that. And, um, you know, I talked to um, Mag this week. She, they had some COVID cases, and she's, she's running across country and trying to, you know, she's working out with her team. Well, I just, and so they can't work out for this last week. And I just said, well, you just got to keep plugging away. And she goes, yeah, but you know how hard it is by yourself? And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Power of community. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember this or not, Kevin, but a few weeks back we were in a staff meeting and you said something that caught my attention that um, imagine if your small group was led physically by Jesus. Like he was, I, I know he's here and I understand that, but like physically, uh, that's what the disciples had. That, that's probably the greatest example of maybe outside of Acts 2 in the church. That's maybe the greatest example of community in the Bible is the disciples themselves. And why did he choose 12? I mean, he could have discipled one individual, but how can one individual practice Jesus' teachings? For example, you cannot learn to love, you cannot learn to forgive, you cannot learn to sacrifice without others. You can't do that without somebody else. Um, one disciple, uh, if there had only been one disciple, Jesus' teachings would have just been theoretical. But because they were in community, his teachings were applied, they were understood. Even in their conversations and even at times whenever they had quarrels with one another. In Luke 9, uh, they were arguing over who's greatest in the kingdom. And they learned, as Jesus told them, that those who are greatest in the kingdom of God are those who are the least in the kingdom of God. So the disciples really formed the earliest example of a church together. They were together. Together they endured the crises like the storm on the Sea of Galilee. Together 
they uh, saw miracles like the feeding of the 5,000. It was together that they failed, like when they could not cast out the evil spirit. They remained together after the master was crucified and even some of their hopes were destroyed. It was together that the disciples built the foundations of church that we are enjoying right here now today. And it was together that they even gave their lives um, for, that, for, that, uh, uh, for what they had built. So they pursued the word of God. They bore one another's burdens. They walked through uh, their sin struggles together. They admonished one another, challenged one another, corrected one another. So by even choosing 12 disciples, Jesus is acknowledging our need for community. We grow through mutual encouragement. We grow through supporting one another. We grow through sharpening one another. So I just want to say to that one person maybe who's sitting out there thinking, you know, I've been just fine by myself. Jesus and I got our own thing going. I don't need anybody else or just my, my people at home is good enough. I don't need anything beyond that. I don't need any more community than that. And I want to say to you, if you say, I've been fine for years by myself, then my response is, maybe somebody else, though, is not fine because they've missed your story. Maybe somebody else is not okay because they didn't hear your perspective. You heard testimonies right here of how things other people said began a transformation in their life. Maybe somebody is needing your help. Or maybe you would actually be stronger in your walk with the Lord if you lived it out with a community of people. Maybe some of the wounds that you're denying exist could be healed if you were in community. Maybe your marriage could be stronger than it is. Maybe your self-esteem would be better than it is. Maybe those wounds would be healed. Or maybe you've just become a satisfied, lukewarm Christian. And that's why you're in denial about community. We have to have one another. The Bible is about that from the beginning to the end. God himself is in community with the Trinity. And he challenges us about the power of plurality. We've talked a lot about small groups, but we've mentioned re-engage too. And there are many other ways to find community here at Cleveland Bible, through men's ministry, women's ministry, through uh, regen. That in itself is, is a, a community group. Through uh, Mom Link, on and on I could go. There are lots of plays, places to find one another's. And we just want to challenge you to do that today. And we want to say to you, um, these, this group, we want to say to you, you are not alone. And we're not going to let you be alone. We're going to come alongside you and love you and help you and so that you can be an overcomer. I mean, right now, if you don't mind, just raise your hand if you have been encouraged by community. Raise your hand if you've been encouraged by community. I see many, many hands going up. If you haven't experienced that, then today is all about inviting you into community here at Cleburne Bible Church. And I want to leave you with Ecclesiastes, something said in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Thank you, Skeeter, for saying yes. He's, he's, he's experienced community. Ecclesiastes 4, I love it. It says, it says, two are better than one, because if one falls, the other can help them up. But then it says, pity the one who falls and has no one to help them up. And so, if we can help it, we don't want you to be the one who falls and has nobody to help them up. And that's what we're here for. And we come together each Sunday, and at the end of the service, we, we take communion together. I'm going to go ahead and ask the worship team to come, and I'll let you all go ahead and go. Um, we take communion together, and within the word communion, 
you find commonality with communities. That's just a different part of speech. So communion is something we do together. As the body of Christ, we come in, in gratitude and in gratefulness to what Christ has done, that through his death, my faith in what he's done, I have eternal life. And so together we take um, these elements today, celebrating and honoring what Jesus has done for us. Um, so in just a moment, I'm going to pray. And uh, after I pray, I'm going to ask you to move out to your left and come to the front. If you would, grab the elements and we'll take them together in, a, in a, just a moment together. But um, before we do that, giving them some time to get out here, I'm going to uh, lead us in a word of prayer. So if you would stand with me.